Um, guys, hey, I really want you to pay attention because I, this, no joke, is like the crux of who we are as Christians. And uh, it's really important to kind of know this and understand it as we, uh, as we move on. So um, make sure you guys are paying attention. Make sure you guys are focused in. Uh, and to start that off, let's go ahead and just bow your heads, close your eyes. Uh, you can turn a little after. But Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come together, to have fun. We, we are so looking forward to being able to, to hang out, have a lot of fun, um, bring our friends and do all of that at Summer Games here in the next few weeks. But Father, um, just calm our hearts, focus our hearts so that we can hear from you in these next few weeks as we close out um, our services and, and all of that. Father, I pray that this word would speak um, clearly and, and would just be um, so good for each of our students uh, in, the, in the, the situations, the circumstances that they find themselves in. Lord, we know that when we look at your word, when we um, read about your word, and, and when we focus in on it, um, things begin to change and things begin to move. So, Father, I pray that you would just um, speak through me in this time to be over uh, the rest of our service um, and, and the rest of our services um, this month. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Have you guys ever had um, a big shift in your life? You ever had some, some, you ever, you guys ever had something where it just, life shifts for you? It could be going to a new school, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're going into high school for the first time. Maybe you're going into a new grade. Maybe you're going into middle school. I, I, I don't know what it looks like for you. But we all have shifts in our life. And they mean something to us, right? When, when, when our life, when we graduate from a grade and move to a new school, maybe, maybe you've moved away. Maybe you've moved to Arizona like me. That was, that was me. Um, there, there are these monumental things that happen when you make a shift in your life or when something shifts around. For me, it was moving from high school to college, which was a big deal because I lived seven hours away from my, uh, from my hometown and, and went to a school where I didn't know anybody. And uh, it was just a really difficult transition for me. And then after I graduated, woo, that was weird. Anyway, um, after I graduated um, uh, in, in college, I moved from Missouri to Arizona, which was even further. And then I had to do things like get a house or get an apartment and, and, and pay rent and do all that. I could never own a home right now. Let's just be real. Um, but there, 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 that was a shift for me. Lots of things changed about my life. And to me, as we, as we uh, started a new series last week, how many people were here last week, got to listen to Virtual Me? Yeah, <laughs> I was sorry about it. It was probably weird to watch a screen. I get it. But like we started a new series looking at Jesus as the Savior. So we looked at Jesus' teachings and all of this, uh, how he lived his life and the encounters that people had with him. Now we're really getting into the gospel message at, uh, at its core. And like I said, there's no... Uh, greater message in the gospel than the cross. That's what we're going to be uh, discussing tonight and talking uh, about the crucifixion uh, tonight. So we're going to be in, um, hey, am I going to have to separate you guys? Okay, serious. Um, the gospel of Luke 
is where we're going to read out of. Basically, uh, if you've ever heard me, I preach out of Luke a lot. Uh, Luke wants to connect Gentiles, people who weren't Jewish, um, and, and connect them to the gospel to let them know, like, hey, you guys are in the family. This is really cool for us because we're Gentiles. Jesus, uh, or, or Luke really cares about uh, how Jesus is perceived by people who weren't looking for him. The, the Jews were looking for their Messiah, but he, he's really concerned with bridging that gap. So it's a really cool gospel to read. We're going to go ahead and read in um, verse 33 of chapter 23. Let me find it here. Um, yeah, good, good. Shadows were getting to me. So this is what it says. It says, um, when um, Jesus and the two men who he was crucified with, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the other criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Say they do not know. Yeah. Then they divided his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching, and even the rulers sneered at him. And they said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and mocked him, and they offered him wine and vinegar. And he said, if you are the king of the Jews, if you are really the king of the Jews, then save yourself. It says, and there was a written notice above him which reads, this is the king of the Jews. Here's the crazy thing about the story that we kind of just are jumping into it. But here's the crazy thing that we, that we get from this section of the passage. As we see Jesus being crucified, and Jesus was an innocent man, and they were just looking for ways to, to get rid of him. That's why he was being crucified. We know it's for our sins. He had to go there. But Jesus was innocent. And you have, you have him as he's hanging on the cross with nails in his wrists and in his ankles, which honestly would hurt even more than the palm of your hand, as, as some people would, would, uh, would think that it was. He, he, he speaks these words where he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And guys, when he said forgive them, he wasn't just talking about the people who actually uh, took the hammer and the, and the pegs and, and, and nailed him. He was talking about the people who were watching, the people who were there. He was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How many people, if you were in a very you know, tortured position, and people are laughing and sneering at you, how many of you would hang on a cross or, or, or whatever that looks like in the modern day, and you would just hang there and say, hey, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing? You probably wouldn't. Me, for one, I would be mad, and I would be really angry, and I would probably say some not-so-nice things, especially about the people who did this to me. And again, Jesus was innocent. There was no reason for him to be where he was other than the fact that he had to die for our sins. But in this moment, in this moment, Jesus has compassion for even the most despicable people. And guys, I, I think even in the modern day, even in our context today, that is so important. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write that down. Jesus has compassion for the despicable all of this, this, this section of the passage, 
it looks at the human heart because instead of watching him and having like an issue with seeing a man who who is who is on a cross dying and you're actually watching it like that's horrible but instead of doing that they're they're talking smack they're making fun of him they're doing all of these things that are just rude and and, and it highlights how the human heart we enjoy violence we enjoy being rude we like we are just corrupted by sin, and so we take pleasure in this stuff. And all my people who watch horror movies said amen. Like, seriously, though, like, think about it. We're, we, we, we almost desensitize ourselves to, to the very things uh, that, that are torturous to other people, even if it's a fictional character. Think of that. We get entertainment from that. In the ancient times, Romans, they loved, uh, Romans and Greek people, they, they loved going to the arenas and watching the gladiators, like, fight lions and each other, and they fought to the death in that time. And like I said, like, think of, think of our movies, think of our entertainment, our TV shows, think of music even. There's a whole genre called horrorcore that's all about, like, bringing that genre into the music realm as well, like, we're, we find that stuff as entertainment, but then there's this thing of irony as Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Because as they're taunting Jesus and making fun of him and, and, they're, and they're just constantly berating him, they're, they're saying and begging him and, and asking him to do the things that he could do if he wanted to. Save yourself. If, you, if, you, if you're really God, you can save yourself. And he's like, I, I probably could. You're right. <laughs> like, they're saying, you know, oh, if you're the king of the Jews, then you can do this. And he's like, I am the king of the Jews. I can, like, if I really want to, I can do it. So the very things that they're making fun of him for, even the, the, the inscription above his head that he's the king of the Jews, that was meant to be like a charge against him or something that was, that was like, oh, look at what he's claiming. But he was true the whole time, and he was compassionate because he knew what his assignment was and, and where he, he was at. Even as wicked as the people were and as we are, Christ still shows compassion for us. He never responds out of anger. He never attempts to even in the score. Let me tell you this. Some of you guys might be sitting there, and you're like, there's no way that Jesus could actually love me or have compassion on me or have mercy on me. Let me tell you, that's a lie. Because if Jesus can look out on the cross at the very people who pegged him to it and say, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, guys, he can forgive you. Let me just tell you, his mercy is good, his compassion is great, and there is nothing that can get in the way of that. Just want you guys to know that. Let's go ahead and keep reading because there's another account in here that's uh, pretty remarkable. We'll go ahead and start in uh, verse 39. It says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. This is weird. Okay, the guy who's literally hanging next to Jesus is also mocking him and hurling insults. He says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly and we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come 
into your kingdom. And this is a really cool thing in 43. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. Here's the other cool thing. Jesus has compassion um, on those who are despicable, but Jesus also never stopped working, and he never stops working today. Jesus knew his mission on the cross was to save people and reconcile, if you guys know that word, to bring people back to him, to save lost people. And even as he's on the cross and he's dying in a brutal way, he still understood the mission that God called him to. And he never gave up on it. So here he is on the cross, dying, and he's still saving people. Because this criminal receives the reward of salvation just by simply saying, I recognize that you're the Lord. Please remember me. Jesus never stopped working. Even in his last moments, Jesus was not done redeeming lost people back to the Father. And guys, it's simple. This account shows how simple it is to recognize who Jesus is, recognize what he did on the cross, and then be accepted back into the kingdom. A lot of times you can get up here, maybe I've even made it seem like it's really complicated or it's really difficult, or it's like a fine line that, that you have to walk. All of these things are true. Like, we walk on a straight and narrow. I'm not saying, like, you can just do whatever, okay? Don't hear that. But what I do want you to know is there is a simplicity in believing Jesus and believing in God that grants us salvation and the ability to be with him. Because... This, this guy who was on the, on the cross with, with Jesus, do you think he understood the mission that Jesus was on? Do you think he saw the miracles that Jesus did? Do you think he sat and listened to Jesus' teaching? Jesus probably barely said the words, like, I'll remember you. You'll, you'll be with me in paradise. He could probably barely say that because this is like deep into the crucifixion. And that process took hours upon hours. So he's probably just gasping for air at that point this this criminal didn't understand who jesus was until he did and then when he did he was remembered and he was welcomed in to paradise guys a lot of times we can think like oh i'm just not good enough oh oh this is way too complicated guys there's a simplicity in this that is so so beautiful a lot of times we try to overcomplicate it we try to put a formula to it but there is nothing except for ourselves that could separate us from God any longer. There's not a law. There's not rules. There's not sacrifices. Guys, we can, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And boom, if you really, really mean that and you really try to live your life in a way that glorifies him, you're in. You're with us. You're, you're in the family. Like, don't want it to, to get overcomplicated. There's a reason why pastors and, and, and believers go into hospital rooms when family members and when people are, are in the hospital dying. You think that everybody who's in an ICU or in hospice care knows the Lord? No. And it's not that we are like, okay, all right, you know, you, you have like 
you know, just a little bit of time. So we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe that you're in the kingdom. Now you got to get up and you got to win at least three people to get in to, to be able to, to please God or whatever. Guys, that's not how it works. This guy was in his final breath, dying with Jesus. And he recognized Jesus was who he said he was. And he was welcomed into the kingdom. Jesus said, truly, you're going to be in paradise with me today. It makes it evident that he never stops working for us. Let's read, let's go on into 44. This is the actual death and, and what happens here. So it says, it was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until about three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. This is an important thing. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. And after he died, it says the centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who were gathered witnessed to see the sight, that they saw they beat their breasts and they went away. But all who knew him, including the women who had followed him in from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. I'm trying to keep it simple. I'm trying to keep it light. But guys, this is important. Jesus died for our sins. He was crucified on a cross so that we could have a relationship with the Lord. That's what the curtain tearing, that's why it was so important. Because there was a thing called the law where you had to do things a certain way. You had to pray. You could only enter into God's presence like once a year. Like, and it was only one guy. <laughs> and when that curtain tore, it meant that we got to have a relationship with the Lord. We got to be with God. This was a monumental shift in how we perceive God and how we live our lives. And it was recognized because this centurion, the same Roman soldier who probably was beating and uh, beating on Jesus and, and casting lots for his clothing, after Jesus dies, he looks up and he says, ah, this was a righteous man. And it's not, just he was, it's not just him saying he was a good man. He was actually recognizing he was who he says he was. Because if he was the son of God, but he wasn't righteous, there would be an issue. So when he says this was a righteous man, that's him saying this was the man. This man was who he says he was. And he recognized it. But then, like I said, there, there, there was, there was a, an amazing part of this. And I hope you caught it. Because Jesus committed his spirit to the Father. Jesus wasn't killed. I know, I know it sounds, it's confusing. You're like, but he was killed because you said it. Yeah, he was. But in those moments of actually dying, no one took his life from him. He committed his spirit to the Father. Even in death, Jesus remained in control. Jesus died, but he was always Always, always in control. There's a second half of this story, and we'll get into it next week. But I think it's so cool to know that Jesus knew that he had to die in order for humanity to be saved, but he remained in control because death was not going to defeat him in the end. He remained in control. He gave up his spirit. No one took his life from him. He committed his spirit 
to God the Father. And he gave up only when his task was finished. Only after the veil had torn and these things had happened that shifted our relationship with the Lord. Only after that did he die. That was the, only, that was the, that was the thing. He was on mission. And I think that it's so cool that even in this moment of suffering and pain, Jesus remained in authority so that we could have confidence and assurance in who he was. Hearing that, hearing that, that Jesus was fully God and fully man and all of this stuff, and he died on a cross for our sins, all that's awesome. But the fact that he remained in control even through it should definitely separate Jesus from any other God, any other religion, any other faith, any other belief. Jesus was unlike anybody else, even in death. It's important to know that Jesus was who he says he was. And the cross is such a powerful and monumental event. The cross is literally the thing that means no restriction from us and God. That's exciting. The cross is the reason that we get to meet here. I get to preach. Other people get to come in and preach. We have worship leaders freely. You couldn't do that before Jesus died on the cross. It was one man who was a priest once a year who got to stay in there for a few minutes. So different in how we think of things. Just like, like I said at the beginning, like, if you think about life before a shift and then something happens and then it moves and you're like, I don't even remember what this was. That's what we get to experience because of the cross. Jesus' suffering means that we get to, we get to, to partake in, in, in serving him and talking with him and communing with him and all of these amazing things. Guys, this was the ultimate power play. If you're watching on Sundays, We've, been, we've, we've titled this series uh, Checkmate because if you ever are uh, playing chess, you can win in a, just a few moves if you're really, really good. And, the, and the, the opponent has no idea about it because this is the ultimate power play by Jesus. And no one saw it coming. No one knew what this thing was going to look like. But he was who he says he was, even until the end. And he followed through with God's plan so that we could be saved and we could have a relationship with him. Guys, this is a shift in our faith and who we are that is so, so, so impactful. I want you guys to grab onto it. I want you guys to, to celebrate it. I want you to, to be able to walk in it. Don't beat yourselves up too hard. But also don't mean knuckleheads. Like, just don't. <laughs> like, there's a balance to it. But it's so important to know the impact of the cross and why Jesus did what he did. Next week, we're going to hear the other half of this story. And it, it's a moment of celebration. Yeah, if the worship team would go ahead. If you haven't already, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm really bad at releasing something. But guys, there's a whole other part of this story where we get to celebrate. We have this thing, uh, maybe you guys went to it um, in, uh, around Easter, because that's really what this message is, is kind of an Easter message. We, we have this uh, Good Friday service where we sat and we just really sat in what the, the, the cross did and, and what it was. 
It's important to sit with this, but also to understand its impact for us. So, so, so important. If you guys would bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Tonight, if you would say, tonight, if you would say, Josh, I, I, uh, I haven't really been taking my relationship with the Lord seriously. I know a lot of you guys have, have given your hearts to the Lord and God is moving and working. That's awesome. But tonight, if you were just to say, hey, um, my relationship right now isn't the best. And I'm not really living in a way that's like glorifying God. I'm just so distracted or, or caught up in all this other stuff. And you just are needing that realignment back to the cross. If that's you tonight, if you say, just, I, I need to get back to the cross. I need to give my heart over again to the Lord. Tonight, that's you. If you were to say, I need to just give and rededicate my life to him. Thank you. Just raise your hand if you would. Thank you. Thank you. Tonight, you might have never made a decision ever to follow after Jesus. You might have never made that decision. You might be living life in whatever way you want, and that's it. Tonight, if you were to say, I've never made that decision. I've never really given my heart to the Lord. I might have thought I did, but I really haven't. If tonight you would say, I want to give my heart to the Lord for the first time because I realize the impact of the cross. If that would be you tonight, if you would raise your hand, just be honest. Just be honest. I've never done this, and I want to. Thank you. Father, I thank you so much for each and every student that is here. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the assurance that we have that we can rest in the cross. Lord, I pray for each and every student that has raised their hands and those who might not have but still believe and still trust and are still tuning their hearts to, to what has been said. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them as we enter into worship. I pray that you would draw them close. I pray that you would give them a hunger for your word. I pray that they would read more about this story because there is so much to it. Father, I pray that ultimately we would all just lean in recognize the power and the impact and the shift that the cross gave us, the power play that it was. Lord, I thank you that because you sent your son on a cross to die for our sins, we now get a relationship with you. We now get to do this together. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm so thankful for each and every student here. Pray over this time of worship. I pray that you would speak, that you would draw us near, or that we would be able to hear from you in these next few moments. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, since we're doing worship here at the end, I want to take the, uh, the first song.